On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time Imon Irti Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestian Echo. Vientalem again Omgrev, Orkorn Rachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Dublin Bay South, one of the wealthiest constituencies in the country where they like to elect Big Beast to Dáil Éireann will go to the polls later this month to find a replacement for former Fine Gael TD Owen Murphy. Campaigns in the past have never been short of intrigue or indeed political bun fights. Your negativity, that's all you can do. Where are your positive ideas? Well, will you listen to me? No, no listen, positive listen, ideas at all. Listen, listen, no, no, no. To me, listen to me for a second. The whole campaign listen, listen, has listen. been about smear and negativity. Listen, listen, and I'm tired of it. Listen, History listen, suggests the constituency is a Fine Gael stronghold but their candidate, James Gagan, has labours of Anna Batchik and Sinn Féin's parachute candidate, Lynn Boylan, clipping at his heels. We know that this by-election is going to be a referendum on how the government are handling housing. And Sinn Féin not only, I suppose, have been holding the government to account in their mismanagement of the housing crisis, but we've also been putting forward credible solutions. And three coalition parties haven't agreed to a voting pact but none will want to see Sinn Féin make a breakthrough. We're at a very important point in our country's uh, COVID effort, economic effort. If, you, if you're supporting a government party, it seems awful logical to me that you would vote for the government party of your choice and then transfer it to the others. And I would imagine, I would imagine that the Taoiseach, when he thinks this matter through, would also be of the view that he'd much rather a TD and Dáil Éireann backing him than a TD opposing everything he's doing at this very important time. A loss for Fine Gael will be a major blow to Leo Varadkar's leadership. A win for Labour would be beyond a boost for Alan Kelly. And if Mary Lou Macdonald is to be the next Taoiseach, she'll want to see national poll ratings transfer to the ballot box. Whoever wins this by-election on July 8th is not going to change the Doyle arithmetic or the complexion of the government. But for the leaders of the four main parties at Leinster House, there are huge things at stake in terms of bragging rights, in terms of morale, in terms of their standing amongst their own supporters and their own party activists. I'm Kevin Doyle and you're listening to In Focus, the current affairs podcast from independent.ie. In this episode, I'm joined by political correspondent John Downing to assess the field and the likely outcomes from the Dublin Bay South by-election. John, a lot is written about Dublin Bay South. It's allegedly the poshest constituency in the country, the richest constituency in the country. Apparently, you can't go to the shop bar, you'll bump into a barrister. Are all those stereotypes fair? They're Certainly, they have a, re- a grain of truth. They And they, in a sense, help us understand the place, but they are incomplete. Uh, certainly more bar- barristers per square inch. 
uh, certainly the two most expensive addresses on the Monopoly game board, the Irish edition of it, are Shrewsbury Road and Aylesbury Road. And six out of 10 people have a third level education qualification. But there are problem areas. There are areas of poverty and social deprivation. If you take a line from Irish Town into Ringsend, continue through Pierce Street, sweep around, back up the inner city and areas like Kevin Street, there are certainly social issues. So it is a a juxtaposition of wealth and some poverty. It has over the years had a lot of big hitters, John, when people and voters in, in Dublin Bay South send politicians to Leinster House, they expect them to quickly build a reputation for themselves and to make an impact. Yes, that is definitely true. Uh, the area was up to 2016. It was known as du- as Dublin Southeast, more recently Dublin Bay uh, South. It's had a host of household names nationally. It has had uh, originally uh, the first Fine Gael Taoiseach from the, the earlier era, John A. Costello. Then uh, more recently, two Taunashti, Francis Fitzgerald of Fine Gael, Michael McDowell of the Progressive Democrats, the founder of the Progressive Democrats. It's had longtime Labour uh, Minister, Rory Quinn. It's had uh, the leader of the Green Party and Environment Minister, John Gormley, more recently, again, from the Green Party, Eamon Ryan. Gareth Fitzgerald, of course, known internationally for his work in the EU, but also because of the 1985 Anglo-Irish Agreement, which he signed with Margaret Thatcher and which was a forerunner of the Good Friday Agreement. We recognise that for them, what is now being proposed is difficult to accept, difficult to reconcile themselves to. Uh, We believe that on mature consideration, when they've had a chance to examine the agreement in full and to realise uh, how it is balanced, that we will have a basis for establishing peace and stability in this island. And of course, then there was Noel Brown, John. He's a name that many people will remember. Yes, he's a name uh, written in the history books, best known perhaps for the mother and child controversy scheme in the late uh, 1940s. Uh, After that, uh, best remembered more affectionately for his work uh, eradicating TB. Noel Brown elected for Dublin South East and on his very first day as a TD he became Minister for Health. Today the decaying and crumbling chalets in the disused sanatoria are eloquent witness to the speed and success of his tuberculosis eradication campaign. He became a popular hero, a Minister for State who had demonstrably used office not for party gain but for the community benefit. But of course with big names John can often come big egos and big pressure, to be fair, in the world of politics where getting elected is everything. And there have been lots of colour from the campaigns in this constituency over the years. Most recently, I suppose, you think of Kate O'Connell versus Lucinda Creighton and even indeed Kate O'Connell versus her party colleague Owen Murphy. Yes, Kate O'Connell not standing in this election uh, from a a popularity point of view and a colour point of view, uh, something of a loss. Uh, If you go back a little uh, to 2007, one one of the most famous uh, electoral showdowns, public electoral showdowns, happened at the Triangle in Ranala when John Gormley of the Green Party confronted Michael McDowell of the Progressive Democrats. They, they had a well-videoed standoff, perhaps John Gormley coming out the better end of that one. He was 200 votes ahead in the count. 
and got the last seat just ahead of Michael no, no, McDougall. No, 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 no. You want to put a 200 million levy no, no, on the financial no, sector, no, isn't no, that no, right? No, 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 yes. Corporation tax. I want you. This is your booklet. Do you want to put 200 million extra on the In Dublin Bay South, at the last election, all the main parties that are now in Leinster House won a seat. The Greens, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and Sinn Féin got one each. So there is a spread, John, for what voters are looking for here. There is no consensus, even though people call this a Fine Gael stronghold. Yes, it is very interesting. A huge field, by the way. They say there's no interest in politics anymore. Fifteen people are contesting this election, ten from the parties, five independents. It is a very uh, feminine uh, election in the sense that in candidature, uh, nine women, six men. But it does come back. You started, Kevin, by by saying, yes, the Green Party have a seat, Fine Gael have a seat, Sinn Féin and Fiona Foyle each have a seat. These are the front runners in uh, this by-election also, they're candidates. It's game on for the by-election. We know polling day is going to be the 8th of July. I will be a strong, female, genuine green voice in government, and I can and I will deliver for the people of Dublin Bay South. And I want to roll up my sleeves in government, so please give me your number one vote on July 8th. We've seen really five wasted years since 2016 with uh, the outgoing government where they haven't delivered on housing, they haven't prioritised it. We originally, when we saw this uh, unfolding, we thought it would be a, a Sinn Féin versus Fine Gael seat. Fine Gael used to have two seats out of the four here. They had enough, arguably, last time for two seats as well, just fell short in, in the sequencing and choreography. This time, James Gagan is shown to be ahead on the first count with 27%. That's an Ipsos MRBI poll taken some time ago. It may be overtaken by events. Uh, the surprise here was that not Sinn Féin's Lynn Boylan, who was actually put in third place on 13%, but Ivana Pacic of the Labour Party, Labour doing very badly nationally, but have a chance here because they have a very good candidate in Ivana Pacic, who's very well known nationally and locally. Well, let's look at the credentials of some of the candidates. And let's start with James Gagan, because this is a Fine Gael seat uh, that's being contested after Owen Murphy resigned from politics. It strikes me, John, that James Gagan is basically Owen Murphy reincarnate. Absolutely. He's the Fine Gael, uh, Dublin Southeast stroke Dublin Bay South candidate from Central Casting, a successful barrister, uh, son of two, not one, but two Supreme Court judges, very successful. Uh, father and mother sat on the Supreme Court bench. So, yes, big things expected from him. But he got that place, uh, Kate O'Connell having said that she felt the party hierarchy didn't want her. There is a lot of pressure for him to, I suppose, as a lesser known candidate, perhaps up against particularly Ivana Bacic and Lynn Boylan to, to find his own ground, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. And he had a wobbly, his campaign had a wobbly enough takeoff, but... He is a good candidate, a solid performer. Certainly rivals were very pleased to hear that he was chosen rather than Kate O'Connell, who had beyond the party, perhaps more popular appeal. And James Gagan had, I suppose, some controversy, you say a wobble there, because 
uh, one of the things that came up was that he doesn't actually live in the constituency, that he bought a house for about 750,000 euro, I believe, outside the constituency. But Sinn Féin have parachuted in Lynn Boylan, who is definitely not have much association with the constituency. Yes, and I think certainly the residence issue is a bit of a red herring in Dublin, especially provided you're in Dublin and somewhere close close by. I don't think people are that fagged by that. The housing issue, of course, is huge because for all that we think that uh, Dublin Bay South is affluent, the great leveller here is housing because very well off people are looking at their grandchildren and their children being excluded from the housing market. So certainly the, the issue of housing is a difficulty for all of the governing party candidates. And then Ivana Bacic, John, a lot of attention to her campaign posters because uh, they're, they're cartoons effectively of her on a bike. But there is a theory that she could cycle through the middle here. She has had a number of failed uh, Dáil election campaigns in different constituencies. Is this a, a, a one where she can finally make that breakthrough from the Shannad into the Dáil? I, I think, yes. Uh, there is a long tradition, by the way, of Labour candidates standing again and again and again, and eventually enough mud sticks on the wall and they make it into the doyle. Michael D. Higgins is an example. Started back in 1969 in Galway, failed, failed and failed. It took him right into the 1980s. In fact, it took him to 1987 to actually establish a seat in Galway. He won uh, early in the in the early 80s and lost. So certainly her credentials, she's been around so long that by now two things happen. One, she can have a vote of her own. Secondly, she can be transfer friendly. And then just to mention uh, the Green Party's Claire Byrne, not the one from RTE, the one who works in Eamon Ryan's office, got on the ticket ahead of Hazel Chew, who obviously has just finished up as Lord Mayor of Dublin, has a huge profile and had a storming local election, but the party went for the lesser known candidate. She's unlikely to take the seat, but she could have a big say, her transfers in who actually gets over the line. Yes, I believe Claire Byrne, less well-known nationally, very well-known locally, associated with the, uh, also with the more deprived areas of the constituency, which puts her, uh, her own council vote performance in, uh, in context, e- elected twice now. And the interesting, we mentioned the Ipsos MRBI poll uh, already on the constituency. When you drill into that data, you find she is, very transfer friendly. She could survive quite a long time into the count and give the Green Party some kind of bragging rights in that uh, a very good solid performance in an area where they have a very strong following going back to the early 1990s. John, you mentioned that housing, like most constituencies in the countries, but even here in Dublin Bay South, is the big topic on the doorsteps. We know some of the most expensive houses in the country are here and some of the richest people in the country are here. So why is housing making the agenda here as well? Uh, Purely because the ripple effect of the expensive houses, it very, very modest. Look, if you were to try and buy a garden shade, in Dublin Bay South, it would cost you. A very significant issue is the old glass bottle site, which is in the constituency, a huge area, uh, down for redevelopment for a long time, source of controversy for a long time, lots of houses potentially going in there, how many will be social, how many will be affordable, that kind of thing. And that's replicated in a smaller scale elsewhere. 
There are, of course, other local issues. There's the issue of a cycleway uh, in the Sandy Mount area. Transport is all and traffic is always going to be uh, an issue for a suburban uh, metropolitan constituency. And other issues such as the sewage plant in Ringsend, the standards that uh, of its performance generally, lots of concerns about pollution from that. And what about the National Maternity Hospital back on the national agenda again? But it is in this constituency, um, the rows over whether or not the state or the nuns will own the land that it's built on. Is that likely to have any real impact on the voting? It certainly can't be discounted. It is, as you say, in the constituency. This is, uh, we have noted, a radical constituency, bucked the trend going right back to 1983 on the issue of, of the abortion referendum. So the issues of governance and land ownership are significant, uh, but there's a lot of noise and that is also a national issue. John, in normal times, this will be Fine Gael's seat to lose, but there is actually a strong chance that they might lose it here based on, on the polls heading into July 8th. For Leo Varadkar, that would be a pretty devastating blow to his leadership, wouldn't it? Yes, it would be very difficult if you were to say up to the election on February the 8th, 2020, they had two out of four seats here. And uh, now, and were that to happen, they were, he would be trying to explain why they had none in an area where which has produced a two Finnegal Tishik. Of course, he'll be arguing. He will hope to be arguing in such a fallback position. Finnegal headed the poll, but were uh, outdone by the transfers and the PR system. Sinn Fein obviously bringing in Lynn Boylan was a bit of a risk in some ways, but what kind of a result does she have to get for this to be either a success or a failure for Mary Lou MacDonald? Well, in an ideal world, she has to win the seat. That may be a bit much. Maybe, maybe she can, maybe she can't. She would at least have to almost win the seat and smash the stereotype that Sinn Féin cannot attract middle-class voters and women voters. It was it was a risk. She seemed to tick a lot of boxes. It's still all to play for. The final days of campaigning, if you can see that Sinn Féin will throw the kitchen sink at this one. We haven't made much mention of Fianna Fáil's candidate, Deirdre Conroy, but there is a lot of intrigue here as well from Fianna Fáil. They don't expect to take the seat. They don't expect to come close to taking the seat, but the result does matter to Micheál Martin, and perhaps more importantly to Jim O'Callaghan, the local TD. Yeah, a number of things at play here. It's been a long time since Fianna Fáil were able to cut a dash in this constituency. 14% uh, in the last general election, last one home to be elected, Jim O'Callaghan of Fianna Fáil. Uh, Jim O'Callaghan, a putative would-be leadership rival to Micheál Martin, making him director, a campaign director, seemed to be an effort to sort of cool his ardour a bit and quieten him. Uh, it plays to the, the nastier side of politics. Fianna Fáil have to be able to show some increased support, some form of result here. Their, their big difficulty is uh, they are very low to the ground in Dublin more generally, in an area where one third of the population live. And finally, John, if Labour's Ivana Batchik was to take the seat, would that be the start of the road back for Alan Kelly and his party? Well, it would certainly be the first tangible and the first positive since the last general election. 
And since, more generally, Alan Kelly took over the leadership, he has copped very few breaks despite performing very well in the Doyle and in media. So certainly bucking the national trend, winning, even almost winning, uh, would certainly brighten things up for Labour. A win would be huge for them. John, you've been doing this for more years than you'd like me to remind you of. Call it. Uh, I'm inclined to think Ivana Bacic can do it, provided, and it's something you can't always rely upon, that women voters will transfer to other women candidates. You are listening to In Focus, the current affairs podcast from independent.ie, produced by Mary Carroll and sound designed by Dara Kelly. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can read the latest by John Downing on the by-election and other political stories in the Irish Independent and on independent.ie. Thank you.